All right, if you take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 6, please. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 6. If I had to title this message, I might call it, Are You Willing to Wait for the Wisdom of God? Are You Willing to Wait for the Wisdom of God? In the first several verses of chapter 1, let me get my water while I'm thinking about it. Make sure my voice doesn't overheat. first several verses of chapter 1, we've been studying the benefits of studying the Proverbs and God's purpose for us studying the Proverbs. So by God's grace tonight, we'll finish our introductory teaching on this as we continue studying the many wonderful reasons why God gave us this marvelous book. And, And I have to say, other than perhaps the book of the Revelation, when we talk through that, and, and perhaps maybe more than that, I have received more positive feedback about people being excited about going through the book of Proverbs as much, if not more, than the book of the Revelation. Revelation was, uh, it's all, everyone's always wanting to go through that. But uh, I was surprised at the response, uh, delightfully surprised. Well, last week we ended our study in verse 5, so our study tonight will begin in verse 6, so... Uh, why else did God give us the Proverbs of King Solomon? Well, he gave them to us, look in your text now, to understand a proverb. To understand a proverb. <laughs> that seems kind of, kind of uh, uh, um, I don't know, kind of understood. That, uh, but he gave us the Proverbs to understand a proverb. When you understand a proverb, it's sort of like tasting a certain type of food. If you could think of it like that, our understanding enables us to appreciate the truth we've heard. I love to eat, not as much as Brother Doug. Brother Doug loves to eat more than anybody, but uh, but uh, hello, Brother Billy. But I love to eat, and uh, and the reason we like to eat, not only for how it makes us feel, we love the flavor, we love the taste of it, and when we understand the Proverbs, That means we don't just read through them. We don't just quote them. Our minds are able to to digest it, to take it, to feel of it, and to delight in the truths that run across the taste buds of our mind, if you will. Our understanding enables us to understand the truth we've heard as tasting allows us to appreciate the food that we've received into our mouths. So to understand a proverb is like saying to taste a glass of milk. So God gave us the Proverbs that we could understand a proverb in the same way that I may give you some milk so you can enjoy the rich, creamy goodness of a nice cold glass of ice milk. You can't taste milk if you don't have it. And you can't understand a proverb if you don't have the book of Proverbs. God gave them to us to delight us to let us have the joy of, of having wisdom. But even deeper than that, I believe these verses mean something else when it comes to the, uh, the exposition of Scripture, the understanding of Scripture, uh, because there is, uh, 
an art and a science to understanding the Bible. And I'm not taking away from the spiritual understanding of that. Uh, and only the Holy Spirit can open our eyes into the understanding of God's Word. Nevertheless, there are principles, what we call in theology hermeneutics. There are principles that we apply to the study of the Bible. And if you violate those principles, then you can go off track and you can misunderstand God's Word. If you apply those principles, then it's going to really enhance your ability to understand Scripture, hermeneutics. So I believe if you study one proverb, it will actually help you to understand the other Proverbs. Has anyone ever experienced that before? If you study one proverb and you gain the understanding of it, then you come across another proverb later in the book of Proverbs, and you remember what you learned from that one, and it helps you understand this one. It certainly does me. In fact, it does that with other passages of Scripture outside the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs aren't always the easiest words to understand. There's a lot of scripture, man. I'm in the book of Jude right now, and I'm telling you, I'm praying for God to give me understanding because there's a lot of passages in the Bible that are just not easy to understand. And and, uh, the Proverbs aren't always the easiest words to understand, but as we begin to decipher these sometimes complicated passages of scripture, then the skill that we gain at deciphering them will assist us in understanding the other Proverbs. We can apply those same skills because the understanding that we gain in one proverb, it will often apply to the other Proverbs as well. So through prayerful study, we understand the proverb. Always uh, when you approach, and this is, a good hermeneutical principle as well. But when you read the Bible, always approach it as a whole book. As a whole book. When you read a particular book of the Bible, always approach it as a whole book. The, the chapter will explain the verse. The previous chapters will explain that chapter. The book will explain those chapters. And then the 66 books will help explain that book. To understand the Proverbs, God gave us the Proverbs. Amazing. But the Bible is the best commentary upon the Bible. If I want to really know what the Bible says, I'll let the Bible comment on itself. That's the best resource for us to go to. So he gave us the Proverbs to help us understand a proverb. And why else? Look back in your text. And the interpretation. Ah, how about that? To understand the Proverbs and the interpretation. (laughs) And boy, don't we know there's plenty of different interpretations out there that man has for, for different things in the Bible. But there's only one real interpretation. Right? And that's the correct one. Now, I want you to notice that these are given in pairs. Number one, a proverb and its interpretation. What's the other pair? The words of the wise and what? 
They're dark sayings. They're given to us in pairs. So the interpretation belongs to the proverb, and the dark sayings belong to the words of the wise. And this is somewhat repetitive here, if you haven't noticed, because the proverbs are the words of the wise. And and in the same way, the interpretation and the dark sayings are describing the same basic idea. There's an interpretation because it's a dark saying, right? In other words, you hear the proverb, but the proverb isn't what we would call in law a prima facie statement. Brother Shepherd knows what that means. It's, it's Latin. It means it's not evident in and on the face of it. If you're, um, you know, you're going down the road and uh, you get stopped for speeding, well, you can dispute all you want to about what the speed limit is on that road. But if it's posted, then on its face, Whatever is on that sign, that is the speed limit. There's no real debate about it. It's prima facie evidence that this is the law here. If you have some type of evidence that proves something immediately, it's prima facie evidence. That means on its face. And the Proverbs are not prima facie statements all the time. They are words that hold the truths, but the sayings are rather dark. And we just need the Holy Spirit to shine some light on them for us. That's why we pray, Lord, open my understanding. Remember Daniel? He was given a dream (coughs) from God, just as true as it could be. Wasn't anything but all the truth that God wanted Daniel to know. Daniel saw the dream, he heard the words, every, all the visions, everything's there. Then what did he have to do? He had to pray that somebody would give him the understanding, right? God, give me the understanding, give me the interpretation of this. And so that's what we have here. It was a dark dream in the sense that it wasn't a prima facie dream, a communication from God. By elaborating more with words, then Solomon is giving us some greater insight into the construction of his Proverbs. And the first thing we have to realize about his Proverbs is that they come with an interpretation because they have dark sayings. The Proverbs are dark sayings. When you think of Proverbs, we related the Proverbs to food earlier and the understanding of the proverbs is like the us taste being able to taste the food well proverbs aren't fluffy pieces of popcorn that you just pop into your mouth and enjoy they're more like tree nuts that you have to crack before you can eat make sense you got to crack that proverb The wisdom of the Proverbs is applicable to the world, but it did not originate from the world. You see? That's the difference. You see, the Proverbs, they're not dark. It's the Word of God. It's light. But because we were, we did originate in the earth, right? We, we are, we are residing in fallen flesh. We all fell in Adam. They're dark to us. The Proverbs, wisdom, 
is not sensual. That's what the world wants today. They want sensuality. They want a worship you can feel. Biblical worship is a worship you can understand. Because those that worship God worship Him in spirit and in what? In truth. The world today, the churches today, they want a sensual worship. They want you to raise your hands in the air, close your eyes, wave back and forth, hop up and down. I remember the first time I saw a pastor hop up and down, Brother Doug. He got up on one foot, raised one hand, and hopped up and down like this. I thought, my goodness, what in the world is going on there? I figured I might as well get that out of the way now. One day I will not be able to do that. I'll trip and fall up here. Now I can say I've done it. But they want a sensual type of worship. And God's telling us here, no, these are... These are dark sayings. There's an interpretation there. You, you, you've got to crack the nut. There's, there's labor involved. There's prayer involved. And you can't thank God for something you don't understand. Thanking God for something you feel, that's not real worship. We worship, true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. And if Jesus said the true worshipers do, that means there are also what? False Worshippers. The Proverbs wisdom is not sensual, it's spiritual. Essentially speaking, the Proverbs are the wisdom of God contained in the words of men. Let me repeat that again. The Proverbs are the wisdom of God contained in the words of men. It's the same way with us. What does the Bible say about us? We have the Holy Spirit in our bodies. And so the Bible says we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. And so when you think of the Proverbs, the wisdom of God is the treasure that God is giving to us in the book of Proverbs. But they're contained in the words of earthly men. So in the Proverbs, we also have this treasure in earthen vessels. The wisdom of God contained the words of men. So to gain the wisdom of the Proverbs, you can't just read the words of men. And then consult a dictionary, look up the definition of those words, and then apply the rules of grammar and say, okay, now I understand the Proverbs. Make sense? Because they're heavenly in their origin. No, the truths are spiritual. They belong to God, so only the Holy Spirit can crack the Proverbs shell and feed us the wise food inside. Solomon said the Proverbs were given to us so we can understand, look back in your text, the words of the wise. Now, if you're simple, then you don't know the words of the wise. Remember, we've already learned the difference between the simple and the wise. Those who are mentally and spiritually skilled and those who are not. They're naive. So if you're simple, you don't know the words of the wise. But we did learn that the simple were the objects of the Proverbs. The Proverbs were given so the simple could gain understanding. So if you're simple, you don't know the words of the wise, but the Proverbs will teach you the words of the wise and cause you to understand them. The words of the wise. And what came with the words of the wise? Their dark sayings. Teach you to understand their words 
the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. Now, the Hebrew word that's translated dark sayings here is taken from a Hebrew root word that means to tie a knot. To tie a knot. And this is fascinating to me that, that God would allow the sayings to be dispersed to us in the book of Proverbs in knots. In knots. Knots that must be untied by the mind in order to be applied by the man that reads them. Isn't that something? That's what they are. The Proverbs are given to us in knots. And they must, must be untied by the mind. In order to be applied by the man who reads them. Now I've got this long water hose at home. Because y'all know I love giving illustrations about my garden and things like that. So I love to grow stuff. I've got this long water hose at home. I'm always having to drag out. Squirt on my... You know, my garden and everything, and then uh, I'll have to go back and water the the uh, bird bath and everything too to make sure the birds get water. And boy, I tell you, I hate going over because I, I I always ravel it back up on the little reel. I hate taking it off and dragging over like this, and then boom! I look back. I did not tie knots in that hose. I rolled it up just like I was supposed to have. But when I pull it off, it comes out in knots. And what do I have to do? What, as a man, what am I going to do first, Brother Doug? I'm going to yank it harder. That's the masculine thing to do. The, the, the bad part is if I yank it too hard, I can do some damage to my nozzle or whatever. So eventually I think, okay, i got to go back here. And I got to look at it and I got to figure out where did this get and I've got to unravel, untie those knots before I can enjoy water that comes out of the hose. And I have to go through this mental exercise, see, with that hose. Following that hose, understanding the direction it runs. The loops and how it loops around itself. I've got to see that so I can get it untangled. So when we think about understanding the dark sayings of the Proverbs, I believe we need to think about us understanding the words and untying the knot in our minds. We meditate on it. We begin to ponder it, prayerfully ponder it. And as we do... And we compare it with the other scriptures. Then suddenly the, the knots that it's dispersed in begin to loosen up. And the water of God's grace flows from the hose. The question is, so why would God make these sayings to be dark sayings? Why would he give them to us in the Bible and let them come off the reel of the verses in knots? Well, to get wisdom, why would God require us to have to unravel knotted hoses? Why not give wisdom easily to everybody? You'd think that'd be the nice thing for God to do, wouldn't you? 
Well, I'll give you a clever saying that I come up with as I was unraveling this knot. Knotted hoses smell foul to carnal noses. Knotted hoses smell foul to carnal noses. And the Jeremini's really like that one. See those girls giggling back there. Y'all have carnal noses? All right, good. Yesterday, Tammy and I had a medical date. That's what we call it. We go to our checkup each year, see the doctor. We call it our doctor date or medical date. Everything's a date for us. It's our church date tonight. But uh, we went to the doctor for annual checkup, and I'm so thankful to have a good, smart doctor who really cares about his patients and takes time to listen to you and give you the, the best wisdom he can give you. You know, to gain the knowledge and skill necessary to become a medical doctor, my doctor had to maintain good grades for 12 years in school. Then he had to maintain good grades in college, taking more difficult courses than I did. Although pottery was pretty difficult. Then he had to maintain good grades in medical school or he'd get kicked out. He couldn't finish it. And then he had to work long, hard hours doing his clinical works before he could ever go into private practice and treat me. That's a lot of time. It's a whole lot of work to become a medical doctor. But I want you to pretend for a moment with me that I had the power to snap my finger. And with a snap of a finger, I could instantaneously impart the exact same knowledge that my doctor has right now. The exact same skill that my doctor has and the exact same IQ that my doctor has right now. Snap my fingers and I could impart that wisdom that training, that knowledge, and the IQ into the mind of the local stalker at Walmart. Walk by him and boom, he's got it all right there. With a snap of the finger, he instantaneously becomes just as smart, just as educated, and just as skilled as my doctor. Now, if you became ill... Which of those two people would you want to be your doctor? If your child became ill, which of those two doctors would you entrust the care of your child to? The one who went through all the work or the one who I snapped my fingers and suddenly he's, he's got it. Don't be too hasty in your answer. I want to tell you. The one that I would want to be my doctor. I would want the man who had to work 20 years to get that degree. You know why? Because anyone who is willing to work that hard for that long of a time just to become a doctor really wants to serve as a doctor. On the other hand, Had I not snapped my fingers, 
then the other man would be just as content stocking shelves at Walmart. You're a business owner. Two young men are working at your store. One gets there early, stays late, works hard every day, takes responsibilities for his actions, and follows every order you give to the letter. The other young man does an average job, makes excuses, arrives just in time and leaves as soon as he can, shows very little enthusiasm for the job. Who's going to get the promotion? The first guy, right? Who are you going to entrust your company to? The one who has demonstrated how much he cares about your business. And in the same way, Who's God going to give the water of wisdom to? The one who's willing to untangle the hose. That's who. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 25. Jesus was speaking of the wisdom of God. Not the Proverbs specifically, but the wisdom of God. And speaking of the wisdom of God, Jesus said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Jesus said, God, thank you, because you hid them. From people who are wise according to the things of this world, the earth you hid the spiritual wisdom from. At the same time, you revealed that wisdom to people who are babes in the wisdom of this world. Those who are wise and prudent in the wisdom of man don't think they need the wisdom of God. They despise the medical field, if I could put it that way. They want to stock the shelves. So God hides the wisdom of his spirit from them. And he reveals it unto babes. Unto those like Solomon. Who know that they need the wisdom of God. And they crave a drink of water from that hose. And they ask God to unravel it for them. Jesus said, God has hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. God has revealed his wisdom to whom? To babes. Don't forget what Solomon said in 1 Kings 3, 7 through 9. He said, O Lord God, thou hast made thy king servant instead of David my father, but I am but a little child. And what did God do? He revealed his wisdom unto that babe. Amazing. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. He says, unravel the hose, please. To gain the wisdom of God, you first first must lose the wisdom of men. You must come to God as a babe, like Solomon, knowing that the wisdom of this world will perish with it. You must be willing to faithfully and prayerfully study the scriptures while patiently waiting for God to unravel the hose, to untie the knots and reveal his wisdom to your heart. It takes time to unravel a knot, doesn't it? 
Unless you're a magician and the knot's not real. It takes time to unravel it. It takes determination to unravel knots. And it takes the same to unravel the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You can no more expect to learn all of the truths of God's word, especially in the Proverbs or any other scripture, but, but we're, we're paying particular uh, attention to the Proverbs here. You can no more expect to learn God's word the first time you read it any more than you can expect to untangle all the knots the first time you pinch and pry on a tangled hose. Not going to happen. God reveals his truths to us one knot at a time and slowly, gradually unravels complex mysteries to those who truly want to learn them. So what are you saying, Brother Richard? Remember I told you if I had to title this, I'd say, are you willing to wait for God's wisdom? I'm saying stick with the scriptures. You want wisdom, you stick with the scriptures and you show God that you really want to learn them. And he will reward you for doing so. Do you know why many people say they started to read the Bible once and then quit? How many of y'all ever heard someone say, well, I started to read the Bible once and I quit? Anyone ever heard it? I've heard a bunch of people say it. Do you know what the number one reason that people have told me while they quit reading the Bible? The number one reason... That's it. Now you think about this with me for a minute. Why would I quit reading the Bible? Because I don't understand it. Because if I quit reading the Bible, I will never understand it. That's the devil. But it also shows you. That they're not really that interested in learning the Bible. It shows you that they're not like Peter who says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Right now, when we have the scripture, we have to say, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You're going to unravel the knots or I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to have the words of life if you don't show them to me here in the word of God. And so those who read and say, ah, yeah, I don't understand. That's a bunch of mumbled up stuff, I can't get that figured out. Turn on the TV. And they leave it alone. They don't go back to it. And they use it as a good reason for not studying. God's not going to unravel those hoses for them. You stick with the Scripture. If you put the Bible down because you don't understand, it shows how unimportant it is to you. Is that how people learn algebra? Do you imagine that? They pick up a math book and they read it. They put it down. They say, well, I don't understand that. They don't pick it up again. It's not how I learned algebra. I forgot it pretty easy, but I didn't learn it easy at all. <laughs> they Do they pick the math book up, read it, and then put it down because they don't understand it? Or do they read it again and again And ponder on the subject until the light finally clicks on in their heads. They put it down and quit or they ask a teacher for help. Right, Brother Shepherd? That makes sense, wouldn't it? Hey, I I don't understand this. Ask the Sunday school teacher. Ask the pastor. 
Those who care will read it again. And those who read it again will read it again and again and again. And those who understand it will never put it down. Those who want to learn will ask for help. And consequently, only those people who learn the math and solve the problems uh, that, 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 that will solve the problems that need to be solved. So if I don't learn the math, I can't solve the problems. If I don't gain the wisdom, I can't get my problems solved either. That's how it is with those who find the wisdom of God. The Proverbs were given to us to understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fact that wisdom is a dark saying shows that we, by our fallen sinful nature, were born into darkness. We must have God to shine the light of his wisdom into our hearts. Wisdom should be as natural to us as breathing But our fallen Adam knotted the hose. So let's come to God like Solomon. Let's say, oh Lord God, we are but little children. We know not how to go out and come in. Give us therefore an understanding heart that we may be able to discern between good and evil. Determine in your heart tonight that God's worth is worth the wait. It's worth the time. It's worth the study involved to gain it. Do this and God will unravel the knots and dispel the darkness in your heart with his marvelous light. With that, we'll go ahead and close tonight. Lord willing, take back up in the next verse next Wednesday night. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, as Jesus said, we thank you that you leave the hose knotted up to the wise of this world. But you reveal it unto babes. You unravel it. You're the one that, uh, Lord, uh, provides the water. You're the one, Father, that told us if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. So, Lord, we come to you tonight as a church, and I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to understand these Proverbs as we go through each Wednesday night. To not just understand them to say, okay, I've got it figured out. But, Lord, to apply this wisdom to our lives. That'll be to our good into your glory. And we thank you so much for all you've done and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name.